We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, James Anderson, and I am very lucky to be joined by today's guest, an old friend, Ian Kahn. Used to run the the dynasty rankings over here at Rotowire. We've partnered together in dynasty leagues. We've been friends for for many years, and uh, very honored that you're taking the time to join me, Ian. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. And you know what's what's awesome about this is this is the first time we've done a podcast since we actually met for the first time in Arizona. Yes. in in november which and everyone's like wait you never met james anderson i was like no we've never met um and so you know now we've hung out a number of times in arizona we hung out we hung out in florida and uh it's great to be here with you my first and one of my few uh fantasy baseball podcasts that i'm gonna do i have a feeling this season but uh nobody better to do it with than with you i'm loving this new trend where we're Starting to see each other in person yeah, multiple multiple times a year. That's right. That's very, very good. Very exciting. Uh, after yeah. after years of just uh, nonstop phone conversations, we finally get to do it in person. And yeah, well, that was, was one of the upsides too. Was like we we were hanging out, and I was like, "Hey, I'm enjoying them as much in person as I did watching, you know, as as I did on the phone with you." So that was a that was a very good feeling to have. Yeah, those were both uh, both great times, great weekends. Uh, Man, both of them feel like a long time ago, though. It hasn't been like a yeah. month since we were in Florida. Yeah, they but... do. In Florida, it, it wasn't that long ago, but it's been a pretty full time. Yeah, for sure. So how are you doing, man? Like, uh, how, what, what's uh, what's the latest with you? Like, what's your kind of breakdown in terms of, I know you're, you're obviously, you got your own uh, job on, you know, that has nothing to do with fancy baseball, yep. um, but then you're also... You know, I know you're doing at least some fantasy baseball leagues this year. What's what's kind of the breakdown have, been like? I'm you? doing, you know, my show, the show that I did with Nando Defino, Derek Van Riper that we did for a number of years called Under the Radar, which was over at The Athletic, was really fun and really all-encompassing. It was a good show. People really liked it. I, I enjoyed doing it on a weekly basis. And then when the show got canceled at the end of last season, they were sort of reorganized and sort of doing it a different way. Um you know, it was it was a, it was a real gut punch personally, but at the same time, it kind of uh, helped to put things into better perspective all the way around. You know, um, and so now what I'm doing is I'm playing the game. And what was weird is people would say, "Hey, you want to come on the show?" And I was like, "You want to come on the show during spring training?" I was like, "I don't want to." They're like, "Why?" I was like, "Because for the first time in so many years, I am not going to tell everybody what I think, and I'm curious how I do." 
because everyone knew all the players that I was in on. Steve Cosolino, who's a really small, smart player, really good player, won the auction championship in NFBC last year. I remember, I think it was last season, he had a list of players because he listened to the show. He was like, these are the guys that I will be bidding against against Ian um, <laughs> in fantasy baseball this year. And this year, really nobody knows. Unless you look at my teams and you kind of say, well, he seems to have gotten this guy everywhere. He seems to have gotten this guy everywhere. And so today I'm going to you know, tell everybody what it is and, and who, who, who I was sort of leaning on and who, who I was looking to this season. So obviously you you know, you're not sharing your, the, the guys you're on, the guys you're off of, um, during the off season, but how has not working in, in the industry, how did that sort of affect your prep during the off season? Did you, do you feel it did like- affect it? it? It affected it. And then it, it required, because I was thinking of, you know, when you're doing a show like you do every week, you have a list of players that you, you know, that you're talking about and you're figuring out. So it actually became a little bit harder and I, I, it was a little bit more challenging for me this year and yet also really enjoyable. So I, you know, one of my big partners in, is Robert Mershak, who, you know, we, we do the main event together. We did GDD together last year, um, a dynasty league together. Uh, so, you know, we did a lot of talking, Ariel, uh, Ariel Cohen, you know, Ariel Cohen and I did our work, you know, definitely did. And working on AL only and NL only, which is what AL labor and NL tout it really makes you get to know the uh, you know, who the players are and, and where people stand. So I think it was there was a period of time, I think, in early March, I was like, eh. but then by the time we got going, I was like, no, 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 I know. And by the time we got to the main event, certainly the night before the uh, start of the season, I knew I I knew the board. I knew through 50 rounds quite comfortably, 35 rounds, 38 rounds and guys that I really liked. How, how, uh, like how many leagues, like, are you in the same amount of leagues as you were in last year or did you cut it down even? I wanted to cut it down a little bit more than I did, but then there are some leagues that I've been in for a while and it was hard to cut down from. Um, so I'm playing a lot, but it just has a different feeling to it. You know, I think, look, I think I was obsessed with this game for so very long and I didn't want to really, I wasn't sure I was going to say this because it's like, well, I don't want to listen to somebody who's not obsessed. But it, it shifted a little bit for me at the end of last season because, you know, every year it's like, I, I want to do this. I want to win. I want to win this league. And I did. And I want to win this league. And then, you know, going into last year, it was Mershak was really like, he was like, we have to play in the main event. I was like, I don't need to play in the main event. He was like, no, you have to. Like, you know, people say, you know, you, you, you should definitely try up against. And we did great. You know, we won our league with Phil Dussault in our league. We ended up, we were in the top five until the last day of the season when we made this crazy start and put in <laughs> this White Sox pitcher whose name escapes me because I think I've just put him out of my head. Davis um, Martin. That is it. It is Davis Martin. You have nailed it. Yes, it was Davis Martin. And he gave up nine runs and ending a third, and we dropped from fifth to ninth. But had he pitched well, we could have finished third, which would have financially been a really big boon. And we lost a little bit of money, but it was okay. But it was like, all right, well, you know, I, I, I seem to have done okay. You know, the team, we did well. And so it's taken a little bit of the motivation away, but not the joy of the game. Like I enjoy playing, but I don't feel the need to be like, I'm going to be the guy in the same way anymore because I'm not talking about it as much anymore, you know? And, and when you're talking about it every week, it's like, well, this is a major part of my life and it's still a major part of my life. And I still have a lot to say about a lot of players. 
Um, but it's it's just a different it's just a different energy now. It's just a little bit of a different energy. A little, and I'm curious to see what happens because last year, as you was my best year ever. Like I'd never had a better season. Dynasty with Tout Wars with main event with GDD. Like it was that was just like a perfect ending. I almost considered retiring. I was like, I can't do any better than that. But then I was like, you know, Glenn Colton was like, no, keep going. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to keep going and I'm doing it. And then I didn't want to do the main event because I was like, we're really going to finish top 10 again. And Rob's like, no, we're doing it. We're definitely doing it. And I was like, all right. And now I'm super psyched because it's, uh, it's, it's fun. That's the thing about fantasy baseball. If we take the ego out of it, right? Let's take the ego out of it. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to to look at the box scores. It's fun to watch your pitchers. It's fun to watch guys that you believe in do well. And it's fun to have the experience of a guy that you do believe in not do well. It, 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 fun isn't the right word, but you're feeling life. You're feeling you're feeling emotions. You're feeling stuff. Like and, <laughs> and it's not, you know, it has a, a vibe of being a gambler, right? Like it's kind of like going to Vegas every night, but it doesn't have the and you have the emotional swings of waiting for that card to turn to see if you get 21 or to see if you bust, but it doesn't cost you as much. I mean, unless you're playing DFS and I've never gone there. Like I just didn't want to change the game in that way. So now it's becoming more of a sweet feeling, but it doesn't change my feelings that Mike Trout, this is his year own him on every single team that I could, except for NL Tout because you can't own him in NL Tout, but we'll talk about all those players. And I, I think that's probably more interesting to everybody than, my philosophies about, you know, but, but I thank you for asking, but yes, that's, that's how, that's how I'm thinking about the game this year and we'll see how it plays. So you sent me some of your uh, targets and fades and stuff. And uh, yeah. the first, the first guy I want to talk about uh, was the target who I wish I had a bunch of and kind of realized right before opening day that I don't have, that much of it all and that's Andres Jimenez oh, uh, someone that I you know it's tough it's weird when you go through um, you know I'm in over 20 leagues some of them have like a keeper dynasty component so you're, you're not gonna be able to get a guy like Jimenez in those but uh, I he was someone I wanted all draft season I think I only ended up with him in uh, two auction leagues and I think that's the reason why I didn't get him in the snake drafts is because I was always getting a pitcher where he goes, but that can be scary because that's, that's sort of how I missed out on having a bunch of Austin Riley last year is I was just always taking a pitcher where he went. And now I'm worried that the same is going to happen with Jimenez. Uh, don't have enough Jimenez in my life. Um, what about you? I have so much Jimenez in my life and I didn't really want to have so much Jimenez in my life because it, it, when I was just looking over all my teams, I was like, yeah, Jimenez is on this team. He's on this team. He's on this team. I don't have him in AL labor. I do have him in the main event. We do have him in, I have him in TGFBI, I believe with Chris Dolan um, and do have him in XFL. So what I find is I try to diversify and not for safety, but for fun, right? I want to diversify for fun. I have, we traded, Steve Gardner and I traded for Andres Jimenez and Christian Javier in, in the XFL um, right before lock, rosters locked. And we got them on good prices, good deal. Um, and so I was like, all right, I got my Andres Jimenez. I've got my Christian Javier. I don't need to get them anymore. The problem is I kept, I, I liked 15. We had the first choice in our main event and you know, I was listening to everybody this whole off season. Like, what's the best spot? What's the best spot? 15 is the best spot. Best spot this year for me. I thought 15 best spot because my goal was to get Mike Trout in every draft. 
and I tried at 10. Can I get Trout at 20? Maybe, possibly, you know, I'm not going to jump to 10 with Trout, but I want to get Trout. What if somebody else is feeling the same way I'm feeling about him? So for Jimenez at 75, 76, when he's sitting there and I'm choosing between Andres Jimenez, Robbie Ray, who else was hanging out around there? Um, like Camilo Duvall and all these other, you know, Framber Valdez is someone. I think. Now that's one that you could make the argument that I, I that we misfired on not taking Framber Valdez, who is a target was a target in many many drafts, and I love Valdez. But we took uh, <laughs> I tell a story within the story was Mullins was our target in the fourth, third, fourth with a forty sixth pick, and. Uh, and then Ariel Cohen, I'm going to do a little Ariel Cohen impression. Can I do that? Cause I don't get to do it Please. much anymore. And he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Cedric Mullins at 46, he, he might really be good there, but isn't Starling Marte sort of giving you the same kind of thing. You can get him at 75 and then you get a better pitcher and you get a closer and you get Jordan Romano at 46. I mean, yeah, that's really good. You don't want Camilo Duvall. So, I, and I agreed. And so we got to the main event and I said, it was so crazy. We were in the main event where, uh, Jordan Alvarez went one and Strider went two. I don't know if you saw that this happened. I, I did not see that. Yes. Now, it all actually balanced out after that. But as soon as that happened, I was like, well, we're getting Trout. I know we're getting Trout and we're going to get Freeman. I was kind of hoping Witt would fall to us a little bit. Like, it's possible now that, it, you know, Alvarez and Strider go one, two. And they've actually been quite excellent, both of them. And it, it's not. And the rest of the draft wasn't as crazy as that. But so I said, you know, we got to three, four. And Gossman was there, and I wanted Gossman at the end of the third. 45th pick, Gossman fell. That was the pitcher I wanted more than Castillo, frankly. Castillo made me a little bit nervous, shoulder issues from the past. But I was like, Gossman, just I was worried about him coming into spring training because of the new time clock. But then all of a sudden, you're watching that pitch dive, and it's like nobody can hit him. Even in the AL East, he doesn't have to face the Yankees as often, the Rays as often, Gossman. And then it was Romano or Mullins. And I was just like, oh, man. So we went Romano. And then, and Rob's like, ah, you sure? We really want Mullins. I was like, yeah, I know, but he could fall. I mean, there was one draft where he fell to 82. So maybe he falls. He probably won't, but Mullins fell to 75. So we ended up getting Mullins at 75. And then we had Gossman. We had Romano, which is not at all what we did last year. We took four hitters to start and then took the pitcher 5-6. I didn't really like the pitchers at 5-6, and I love the pitchers at 7-8, and, and that's what Rob said. So I was like, hey, Valdez, Valdez fell. Maybe we go – we're definitely going Mullins, but maybe we go Valdez. And he said, yeah, but we've got Kershaw that you love at 105, and Snell is still there, which we were considering at 75. Those guys are still there. Lance Lynn is there at 105. So that's what the final decision was, was, okay, let's go. We'll go with Jimenez. And that's how we got, that's how we got more Jimenez in our lives. And also look, with Altuve going out, second base pops up. You got to get your second baseman. And, and we actually ended up getting Altuve in the 20th round, which is super exciting. But so that's how, that's how Andres Jimenez, even though he's on so many of my teams, ended up on that main event team and i was like look a lot of this year it was like last year was a lot of it was about jorge mateo it was like i'm gonna need mateo to perform and he did he's got to hold that spot andres jimenez needs to perform this year otherwise it's going to be challenging yeah yeah no no doubt but off to a good start and I, I think he's uh you know i think he's a really nice pick there um let's talk about the the two orioles that you uh, loaded up on uh, they both they both have four stolen bases and a pair of home runs 
uh, in less than a week's worth of games, Cedric Mullins and Jorge Mateo. Uh, Mullins has started against both the lefties they've faced. Um, so, I mean, you really have nothing to complain about with those two Orioles. Um, mm-hmm. What was the, was it just kind of a thing with the market not being right on those guys? Or do you see like another level there? What, what was the exact thinking with those two Orioles? We had this, we had this conversation a year ago when it was, is Mateo a good baseball player? And is he a good fantasy player? And last year he was going in the 19th round and I was like, he shouldn't be going in the 19th round. He's going to steal 30 bases because I go back to the prospects, right? I always go back to the pedigree and he was the, he was Billy Hamilton with power and the glove was always the question. Mullins is a no brainer. I mean, I just, anytime I can get it, I've been saying this for a number of years when, when I won labor two years ago was on a $4, $3 Cedric Mullins and a $4 Robbie Ray. That was the basis of it. So Mullins is my guy. I own him in devil's rejects. We own him in Maki. We own him in main event. Didn't get him in AL labor, which was just the price was just going up too much. Do have Mateo in AL labor. And the reason behind that is from, from my perspective is Wilson Caraman, who's my partner in devil's rejects. I was like, you know, no one is buying Mateo. Like he's, he's less expensive this year than he was last year. And Wilson just said, man, that's the best glove in baseball at shortstop. They're going to play him. I was like, they are, they got who They're going to play him. Come on, let's go. 55 stolen bases, 60 stolen bases. And then I listened to what he said. They asked Mateo. It was about two week before the season started. Someone said, do you think with these new rules, you could steal 50 bases? And he thought about it. And he went, Yes, I do. And they said, okay, do you think you can steal 60 bases? And he said, well, let's not get carried away. (laughs) And I thought, all right, well, he's going to be able to steal 50 bases at least. So I'm in and he's going to play. And now he's hitting. Look, he still stinks with two strikes. He's still chasing. He just did to DeGrom. He's going to chase three, two pitches that are up. So, you know, like, but he'll give you it. This is fantasy baseball and his glove will keep him in the lineup. So for me in AL labor, I bought him for $10 last year. I bought him for three this year. I bought him for 10. I wanted the speed. He's giving me the speed. He's hitting the ball. He's more mature. He's bigger. He's stronger. I still believe at the price. Look, if he was going in the 12th round or the 13th round, no, no better choices. But in the 23rd, 22nd round, 23rd round, come on. Well, who do you rather have, him or Adalberto Mondesi? I take Mateo. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a lot of people just sort of see that wave of infielders they have at AAA and kind of assume that you're not guaranteed a full season of Mateo. But uh, the the glove aspect is is true, and the uh, you know, he just needs to be, you know, a little bit better than he was last year, and he shouldn't have any trouble holding that yeah. job. Yeah. And it's, I don't, I, I have, we have him, Wilson and I have him in one OBP league. Otherwise, avoiding him in OBP, but in average, what is he going to hit? Maybe 235, maybe. But if he gives us 50 stolen bases, man, I mean, if he gives me 50 stolen bases in AL labor, that's a good for 10 bucks. Yeah. Uh, five steals per dollar. <laughs> <I'll take it. laughs> um okay so this this next crew of guys that you're in on i there's six of them here and i have zero i'm over six on all six of these guys all right. um and 
so it's it's Josh Donaldson, DJ LeMayhew, Chris Bryant, Kyle Lewis, Joey Gallo, and Hunter Dozier. Is there mm-hmm. one of those six that you uh, want to make the strongest case for? I mean, Gallo's an easy one to do this week. Donald, let's do Donaldson because so far it looks crap and he just got hurt. But I'll tell you what the thought process was. I saw him hit in spring training and he put one. He put he hit a lot of his home runs last year just seemed to not home runs. A lot of his long fly balls seemed to land like three feet in front of the fence. He changed his stance a little bit. He a little little funny thing about Ariel. I don't think he's gonna mind me saying this. Like I used to talk to him all the time about like don't tell everybody what you're in first place. Stop talking about it. Like don't don't do that. And he did. And then he was like, you know, I really don't like it because I'm not winning as much. And I want to go back to winning. So I'm going to go back to believing and telling everybody, hey, you know, sent me a text last night at like 11 o'clock at night in first place in five leagues. I'm not saying I'm just saying. <laughs> well, there's something to that. There's actually something to that. If you believe and I think what happened with Donaldson and Anderson, Tim Anderson last year was really important. And I think it really understandably messed with Donaldson because he he. Uh, well, I don't want to get too deep into it, but he didn't handle himself beautifully. Let's put it that way. Um, and I think that it made him more hesitant. And what I saw in him in spring training was somebody who was like, you know what? I don't really care if you like me. I'm just going to perform because I'm almost done with this. And I used to be verging on a Hall of Fame player. And then last year I was trying to be sweet to everybody. It didn't work. So screw it. I'm just going to come back and play ball. And I said, I'm buying that. The other guy I was buying. I don't think I put it down on the list, but you know, the other third baseman I was buying was Moncada. For the very similar reason, I like guys who it's like, hey, you're about to be a, just a crap ball player now. <laughs> like you're just you're just bad, and it's like, when does the pride kick in? Man, I was out on Moncada, kind of famously on the show said, I'm out before last season, and I was like, why? Why are you out? And I said, because I'm out because he just did a music video. He's like, what's wrong with that? It's a good music video. I saw it. There are a lot of girls in bikinis. It was great. And I said, yeah, but he's not focusing on baseball. Baseball's hard. And if you're not putting all of your attention, that's kind of what I'm checking out with myself. It's like, what if I don't put as much attention into it? Because it used to be outside of my family and work. It was like the main thing of my life. I believe Donaldson was putting this as the main thing in his life. I believe Mankata was putting it as the main thing of his life. Those are the guys I want to buy. Gallo. Gallo's a no-brainer for me. Gallo's in the same situation. You're a bad baseball player. You're out of baseball. You're going to be playing in Japan. But also playing in New York is a big deal. Big, big deal. Hard to do. And when people boo you and you take it personally, because what I'm doing is I'm watching baseball players, how they either respond or react. Are you a person who reacts or are you a person who responds? Joe Gal is a person who reacts. Just does. How is he going to do when the energy is much chiller in Minnesota? I believe, well, I think it's worth a shot. So I'm going to reach from, and this is a guy that I would have been talking about all off season. Um, and maybe his ADP wouldn't have been 376 in the main event. And we went and got him at 325 or whatever it was. Uh, we won. I, we, I have him in AL labor. I have him in main event, I have him in TGFBI, have him everywhere because the price was so low. So it's not that I think these guys are going to be all-stars again, but I think that for the price, these are guys that I'm looking for. I'm looking to buy. Yeah, so with Mankata, you didn't include, but I he's someone I've got a lot of as well. Um, yeah. So at least we're on the same page there. Uh, with but with Dozier, you want to talk about Dozier? Should I talk about Dozier? I don't know what to say. You you say something. Dozier, <laughs> outfield, first base, third base in February came out 
and they said Hunter Dozier is the starting third baseman for the Kansas City Royals. Hunter Dozier's really bad. <laughs> but an ale only for, I think I got him for six, seven. I think I had seven. I think Zola pushed me to seven. I like it. And I like him on my bench because he can cover so many different spots. And especially in NFBC style leagues or leagues that don't have ILs, having guys like that is really, really valuable. I He has gone off to a crappy start. That being said, I'm a believer that he will give us some of the good Hunter Dozier this year. That's the goal. Some of the good. Give me some of the good. Give me some of the good Hunter. So, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. AL only, uh, versatility with the positions for NFPC. Uh, with with Gallo, you know, he's hit below 210 mm-hmm. every year except for one. So do you, when you take him at that discounted price, how, how are you sort of monitoring his batting average? Like, you know, before the season, are you saying if we get to the end of April and he's – hitting 185 then yeah. we just bench him we cut him yes. what, what's the plan there yes 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 all, all of that first off I, I grabbed him in xfl with steve gardner that's an obp league i want him in every week so the week started out last week i mean i have gallo everywhere every almost like every team pretty much not dynasty teams because you got to trade for him and you know and devils pain I don't want to trade. it's a pain it, it, it's just it was, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't in the cards, but anytime I could draft him, I got him. And so it came to opening day was Thursday. Then it was Friday. Then it was Saturday. And I think he was like over eight with five strikeouts. So I called up my partners and I said, just guys, uh, individually, I said to each of them, um, there is a moment where you can pull the gallo plug on me. And because I know nobody else believes and you're all doing this for me. So just, I want you to know that like, you can pull the plug on gallo for me. And everyone's like, good. <laughs> And I was almost like, good. And then boom, and then boom, and then boom, and then boom, and then boom again. And I went, ah, might have something here. Kind of dig this. So we'll see. There, Yes, he can go to New York and strike out nine times. And look, look what's happening to Aaron Hicks. Look at what's happening to Aaron Hicks right now in New York. Mercilessly booed. That's what Gallo was going through last year. It's the same same kind of thing. You get away from the abusive relationship with the fans. And I'm a New York guy. I'm a New York Yankee fan. But once you get away from that abusive relationship and you can clear your mind, it's all about clearing your mind. Baseball is all about clearing your mind. It's why I got some big thoughts about pitchers, two-cent head pitchers, that, as I used to call them. Um, so, yeah. So, if if Gallo, Gallo's streaky, but he's streaking well right now. And I love that he's going to get first base eligibility. Having first base eligibility outfield, that first base corner spot is just awesome so you know we'll see so far decent that's it's funny you mentioned having to call your partners uh because my next question was who is the hardest of these hitters to sell your partners on during draft season was that gallo Gallo? dozier josh donaldson (laughs) um who else was on this list uh, LeMahieu, Chris Bryant. LeMahieu. Oh, again, Ariel Cohen. Ah, that's a really wasted pick. I don't know why you <laughs> pick uh, DJ LeMahieu. I mean, he does nothing for you. I just dropped him in labor. I said, yeah, but labor is a 12-team league. It's a 12-team league. You can drop DJ LeMahieu in a 15-team league. That eligibility, first base, second base, third base, being able to move him around. If you watch the Yankees the way I watch the Yankees, you know DJ LeMahieu was hurt. The last time DJ LeMahieu, if if DJ LeMahieu hits 315 this year, 
with 85 to 90 runs, 12 home runs, and 56 RBIs and two stolen bases. And you got him in the 19th round? We got a problem with that? I don't. I think that's great. And Boone, also, I watch what the manager says. Aaron Boone said, I like him in the leadoff spot every day. Well, okay. It means he's playing every day. That's what he said week before the season started. And I have him on every team. So I hope it, and he's pretty much leading off every day. I think he took one day, he had one day off, came in that game in the sixth. I, I really like LeMahieu for what you're getting for him. But you got to balance it out, right? So Mike Trout is the base of every team. Mike Trout's the base of every team, period. That average is going to help balance out Gallo. And I got a lot of speed guys. We got a lot of speed guys on this main event team. So that's why Gallo was necessary, needed Gallo. Got to get that extra power in there. So it all matches together. It's not just, you know, all right, I got Gallo. Like you have to build a team that you can afford Gallo on. And I believe our main event team with uh, Mullins, with Trout, with Freeman, with uh, Jimenez, we can afford Gallo. We can afford 220 with 40, 38 home runs. Let's call it 38 home runs. Call it 38. Let's go with 38. Well, and the, if your hypothesis on LeMahieu is right, then he's a perfect pairing with Gallo. Yes. Because you're getting, you're getting them both post pick 300. And they... Yeah, I think we reached for LeMahieu to like 285. Okay. I think, I think we got him there. 18, 18th, 19th. No, we waited. We, we, didn't, we didn't reach. Because people weren't so excited about LeMahieu. But I, he's, he's a really good player, man. Really good player. So uh, with Chris Bryant. Um, mm, that's just a I, feel. That's just I was odd. basically taking, there was that point in drafts, right, where it's like uh, Chris Bryant, Nick Castellanos, Anthony Santander, they all kind of go. And I was just always going Castellanos there. Um, mm. But you just you just have a, a feel with Bryant? Yeah, I have a feel. And I, I tried to, like last year, if you remember, I was big on Pujols in only leagues. Mm-hmm. I said, like, Pujols. And they were like, he sucks. I was like, yeah, but there's a story here. I like to look for the story, right? And it's like, it's his last year. He's going to give everything he has. Brian is on that Donaldson tipping point for me. It's like, you're joke, bro. <laughs> you suck. And we're giving you $185 million to play. You're supposed to be the face of the franchise. And you have your plans for Fanchi, Fanchi, Fanchi. You get your plant, your fancy going, and so you can't play. Well, if I'm Chris Bryant, and I'm a performer, right? I used to be an actor. Right? I'm still on sabbatical from acting. Might go back one day. It's not going back right now. But as a performer, if you have a really bad show, you do a really bad scene one day, you're going to be extra focused on your next show, like fully. It's also how I think about pictures all the time. Brian had Brian has to show up this year. So for me, in that 10 slot, because that's where Bryant would go, 9-10, 150 area. We went with Yelich. Rob loves Yelich. Rob believes in Yelich. I like Yelich a lot. I, I, I'm down with that. A week earlier in GDD, I was doing the auction. And <laughs> for that slot, I was like, Bryant, for $13, I got to do it. Boom. He's like, no, what about Yelich? No, we can't get Yelich. And I was like, all right. So then we got to the main event. And it was like, all right. 10th round it's like all right is it Yelich or is it Bryant and I was like all right let's go Yelich and he was like are you sure I was like yeah let's just do Yelich and so but Bryant for me I'm a believer I mean I like guys who were picked in the top 50 picks within the last couple of years that have fallen I mean that's not I'm not saying anything amazing here I think a lot of people feel that way but that's how I feel and I do believe in Bryant and he's in Coors Field that lineup isn't so bad certainly at home I don't know 
I, I kind of believe I could be wrong, but I'd have been talking about him all off season. So uh, we're going to head to a quick break in a second here. Um, but there was one guy that I, I, since we, we hadn't talked about like any of this stuff before you, you sent over your list and I was curious as to whether he would be included as one of your targets, because to me, he reminds me a ton of Jorge Mateo from a year ago. Um, and that's Jose Siri with the Rays. Yeah, uh, baby. Is that a, is that a guy that you're on? Yeah, yeah, he's on my labor team. He's on my Devils Rejects team. He's on uh, DL one. He's in lineups. He is. I paid nine for him, and I remember somebody giving me a hard time about paying nine dollars. I don't think it was Ariel. It was somebody else. I was about to do Ariel. You paid nine dollars for Jose Siri. I was like, yep. Why would you do that? Speed, power. I, I can never forget 55 game hitting streak from like four years ago. Do you remember in the Houston Astros system? And he had a 54 game hitting streak. I had forgotten that, uh, but I do remember it now that you bring it up. That is the base of my Jose Siri love. I, I just think he's an undervalued piece. And I saw somebody was talking about it online. Josiah, who does the the list of uh, analysts. Um, and he was sort of saying, did anybody talk up Jose Sirius? Like, no, I wasn't doing a show, but otherwise I probably would. I would have because I believe I, I I'm a big Jose Siri believer and he keeps playing and he keeps knocking in runs too. Like that's what I noticed today. And he runs and he has power. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think I'm, do you, when you well, saw $9 for Siri, did you say that's too much or did you say that was right? I, I mean, I don't want to think back to that, that dreadful evening of, auctioning um but i i i would love to have nine dollar jose siri i every um every vegas weekend for nfpc i i sit down with uh rob silver and we just talk targets um before my final main event draft of the weekend and and siri was the guy that he was really pumping up um which he did with uh nice was uh jeremy pena last year so we grabbed siri in our last main um nice but yeah, I mean, he was definitely not a guy that I really thought that much about. It was basically kind of a – like, he just reminded me so much of, of Jorge Mateo from a year yes. ago um, because of the elite defense and the elite speed with some power, with, like, yeah. non-zero power. So he's not, I think he's not got, Miles Straw, but he's, like – No, he's got power. Well, he's, yeah. he's got two – I think he's got two home runs already. Um, he's getting big hits. I don't know. Rob's smart guy. Rob knows what he's doing for sure. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he was a guy, I, I think a lot about that. I was like, Hey, if, if I'd have talked about trout as much, and we still haven't even talked about trout, but yeah, no, talks I'm, about, I'm saying that. that's fine. But if I had talked about trout as much, like would his number have gone up a little bit, maybe like would people have looked at it a slightly differently Siri also, those are the guys, you know, those are the, those are, those are, well, you have the list. We're going to hear exactly why Ian built all his teams around Mike trout after this message from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season with vivid seats and score tickets to all of the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. Plus, with vivid seats rewards, now you earn rewards with every single ticket purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. You just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit toward your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Pro reward tip, buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. I, I can I'm gonna I'm actually gonna replug Vivid Seats because I used to talk about Vivid Seats all the time on the show and then now they're there. Vivid, oh yeah, Vivid what? What are you talking about, Con? Um and he would uh but 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 I use Vivid Seats all the time. I really do. And go to Yankee games. Last night I was looking for seats within because we live pretty close to the stadium. We live within a 15 minute train ride to the stadium. And so my older son and I were thinking about going to the game last night, but he got home too late. And so we didn't, but I, vivid seats, man, I, I kept, we, we were always like, we should be getting, cause I would talk about it a lot on the show. And so now I, I'm glad that they're uh, supporting uh, your show. It's good. It's good. Absolutely. Show. And uh, speaking of the Yankees, uh, my main event partner, Todd just t- texted me saying Clay Holmes strikes out the side during the save. So that is good. That's uh, that fantastic, is fantastic that news, news after uh, his rocky first outing. Uh, all right, so Mike Trout, most owned player. Most owned. And then just kind of an aside, uh, his teammate Shohei Otani was tops on your fade list. So I was yes, thinking we could kind of loop them, lump them together and, and give me the pro Trout and, and Khan Otani take. Okay. Um, yes, for sure. Uh, now, 15-16. Otani's not falling to 15-16. Right. If Otani falls to 15-16, got to take Otani, probably. Probably. Mm. Yeah, probably. Probably got to take him. But 6-7, <laughs> Otani, 8, Otani? No, not for me. 
I don't like, I mean, sure, it's fun. You have the choice, but I don't, uh, look, if he was, if you could use both, he's number one, he's worth the world. But you don't get both in fantasy baseball. So for me, then you're buying a, a, a hitter who has double the chances of getting hurt, which doesn't kill me. And I don't, I don't, that's not why. But I don't know. He's just not, I'm not going to win a championship with with Shohei Otani. I like the flexibility, but I don't want to say why Trout. So at 15, yeah. why Trout? Why Trout at 16, never 15, always 16. Because I'm going to take, but we took Trout over bets. We took Trout over bets. Here's why. All psychological. Mike Trout also hit 40 home runs and 410 at-bats. This is what I said to Eno Saris, and then Eno put it in his article the next day, which I didn't even realize because then I read his article, and I was like, I was like, oh, it's a really good point, I'm, you know. <laughs> and then somebody told me that he said that on his show that he had, that it's something that I had said to him. Here's what I said to him. In labor, in AL labor, Dave Adler from HQ owned the record of 106 for eight years, nine years. And then in 2021, I broke the record from 106 to 110.5. The very next year, you know, Saris came and wiped that off the table. Using this theory, once you break the four-minute mile, anybody can break the four-minute mile. If Mike Trout stays healthy for 162 games, which is very unlikely, I am saying here there's a 10% chance that in September, we are talking about Mike Trout possibly breaking Aaron Judge's record for most home runs in a season. That's what I believe. I believe he can do it. I believe he's the best player of this generation, has never really proven it. I also believe that psychologically, this is his last shot to hold Otani. Otani's going to leave. He's going to go to the Dodgers. He's going to go to probably not the Yankees. He'll probably stay on the West Coast. But he, he there's nothing keeping him in Anaheim. Nothing. Los Angeles. Trout knows this. If they don't make the playoffs, Otani's gone. and he has no. Maybe he goes to San Francisco. I believe that that level of intensity, that level of focus is going to lead to the best season we've seen from Mike Trout in five years. Now, he's not going to steal the bases that Mike Trout used to steal. But from my perspective, I believe that Mike Trout is going to be in the top three or four AL MVP, if not the MVP of the American League this year. That's why uh, I, I didn't want to pay 33 for him in AL labor. I would have gone to 35. I paid the 16th pick in the draft with Rob. No brainer everywhere. Just got him everywhere I could. He, he's on every team. Does that make sense? Does that sound crazy? Does that sound just like, uh, or does that make sense? Makes sense to me. I don't think that's a reach at all. Taking him at that, at that one, two turn. Uh, I mean, that's the benefit of picking at that back kind of the back third is yes. you're just going to absolutely love your first two picks pretty much no matter what. And mm -hmm. so everyone's kind of sifting through those same seven to eight hitters that go around there and Trout's in that mix. And then it's just a matter of you know how many games you're projecting him for, uh, what's your plan for stolen bases if you, mm -hmm. if you take Trout. But the idea that he could be this year's Aaron Judge doesn't seem yeah. very far-fetched considering That's he's the best player <laughs> that's right that's it and you know for years he was the number one pick and now we're getting him at the first pick of the second round and we get freddie freeman so we're also setting our, our average is in really good shape 
our runs are going to be in really good shape. I wish it was an OBP league. We would be, it would be a, it would be a different conversation. It was an OBP league. Um, but yeah, no trout is, is the absolute was the absolute target. And so much of the way I play the game is through feel. I just look at a player and I go, do I want him? I don't really want him. No, I don't want him. I go Tani. I don't really want it. I don't, I don't. Corbin Burns. I don't want it. I'm not interested. He's on the fades. Like I just, no, thanks. I think early one, early one fifty that Rob and I did like in October, November, he fell to 16. It was like, we kind of got to take him, but I was like, here, if Burns falls to 16, we're not, he's, we got to let him go. Cole was a different story, but Burns, I just don't, something I, we traded for him in GDD in August or like July, late, well, I think it was August. And he really struggled. And like that, that actually has an effect. But as I was going through the list, I was like, Pete Alonzo, no, I don't want Alonzo. Riley, maybe, no, not really. Trout, oh yeah, Trout, I want Trout, I want Trout. Every, every draft, I'm like, oh, Trout, I want Trout. Yeah, Trout's the guy. Trout's my guy this year. So if Trout fails, if Trout, the day Trout pulls up, if he pulls up with an injury, just know I'll be, uh, I'll be in my cups that night. Yeah, my guy there was Austin Riley. Got him in, uh, both main events in the second nice. round. Um, what number? Where'd you get them? Uh, so, okay, so I did three mains. Um, I got them in the two I did with Todd. Uh, but the one, um, the best one was we got Acuna at three, and then Riley came all the way back down to 28. 28. And that's beautiful. Um, so just pairing those two. Dude, I'll never lot. forget. Austin Riley is a James Anderson play from the years and years ago when we did the initial original draft of RDI and you were like, we're going to take Riley here in the, in the eighth round. And I was like, what? And you're like, he's going to be good. I'm like, all right, all right. And we took Austin Riley in the eighth round. That was like my, my real, I always think of him as, as your guy. You guys have, you're playing three. I'm just doing one main event. I'm just doing one. We did one last year. And Rob was like, let's do two. I'm like, no, I don't want to do two. I just want to do one. Like, I just want to focus our attention on the one. Like, that's enough. And everyone's like, well, if you're only doing one, you're not really playing the main event. Okay. Well, no, that's, one. that's stupid. You, I mean, <laughs> you do you do as many as you're comfortable with and as many as you have the time and money to handle without it being just a nightmare psychologically. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Riley thing is uh, – that's one where it's like you kind of he he's sort of um it's like my anti Chris Bryant where I yeah he the price keeps going up and I keep wanting to buy like I'm not ready to jump off yet and the price on Bryant keeps going down and I'm not ready to jump in yet but like mm-hmm. with Riley uh Acuña gets on first steals second and then Riley hits a home run and we have them both on the same team. Like that's, that's fun. That's that's as fun as it gets. That um, is fun. That is that is a good time. So yeah, but going trout there makes a ton of sense to me. I am going to be hoping that he stays healthy just for for your sake. Thanks, Paul. Uh, <laughs> I care about <laughs> you. Bad. He's uh, walking a lot. He's walking so much. It's but he'll score a lot of runs. I think the home runs will come in bunches, and he's going to stay healthy. I'm just that's my that's my. I believe. I believe. Now, what's your uh, basic belief about starting pitching this year? Okay. I did not. 15-16, again, Burns is a no. Cole is a maybe. Okay. In the main, maybe. Everywhere else, no. I want the two bats. Up until the main event, I wasn't taking pitching till the 5-6 turn, which is what we did last year and really found successful. This year, with Gossman falling to third, we took him and we believe in Gossman. 
but I don't like early pitching. I want the bats. I want the bats. And I, you know, we wanted Mullins. So it was like most Mullins or Romano. And also with closers, it's like, I don't want to pay for closers at all, but if Romano falls to 46 and I believe in Romano as a top three closer now, right. With, with Diaz gone, mm-hmm. kind of got to take him there. It's it's you're not really paying the inflation that you're paying everywhere else. I mean, maybe you are a little bit, but not really that much. I don't believe in Helsley as much. Like Romano is like the guy. I really do believe Romano's the guy. I believe class A is the guy though. That, that is a little worrying with his velocity down and hater is the guy. Um, but then the, I wanted the pitching starting the seventh round, 105. Clayton Kershaw was my absolute target, 100%. 100%. That's the guy. Um, have him in NL Tout, have him in TG, I think TGFBI, definitely have him in main event, have him in Maki. And here's why. Here's why. So I'm just going to do Ariel again. Well, you know, you're only going to get 140 innings out of him. So, I mean, here's what you got to do. Like, I literally bought him in NL Tout and at the break. He says, really good buy on Kershaw, $19. Really good buy. Got to trade him in the first month. I look at him, I'm not trading. <laughs> he said, no, no, no you got to trade him. Like, that's what you got to do with Kershaw. You got to, you got to. You got to get him and get him at a good price. You got him at a good price. Get use him for a month and trade him for something else. So, so he doesn't break. I said, yeah, I'm not trading him. He's on the team the entire year. Well, why would you do that? Well, here's why. I'm just going to stop talking to Ariel and I'll talk to you. The Dodgers aren't going to be quite as good this year as they've been the last couple of years. They're going to have to win this division this year. Now, yes, he could get hurt and there is an injury risk to him for sure. But I think he could pitch 180 innings this year. I think they, they need him to pitch. They need him to be the ace of that staff along with Urias. Whereas last year they were up by 15 games in July or whatever. I think, I think that's what it was. Or maybe it was the year before. It was like, yeah, go Clayton, go take three weeks off and go, go rest up for the playoffs. No, you can't do that this year because the Padres are coming. And if you don't win the division, then you better win your wild card game. So you fight all year to win the division. It actually matters. And I think that, I think that plays really powerfully. And I think Kershaw, I watched him face Mike Trout, struck him out three times in his last start. He was just, he's just humming. His, his velocity's up, James. His velocity's up to 92, 93. That curveball's still diving. He's 34 years old. I think he's in the running for the Cy Young this year. And to get him at 105, when instead of Luis Castillo at 45, or who, who else was going in that, you know, 45 area? Because I'm not going to take other guys. Well, uh, but- how about this? I, I, uh, I like uh, Shane Bieber, who was one of your fades, and he was going in that area. No way, me. No, 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 no. Not I'm just it's just, it's just a feeling, and I just don't know. And he, where's Bieber going? Forty five. Yeah, no, we uh, got him in fourth t- round. We got him in TGFBI at seventy five, or like well, seventy. I've, fourth round of main events. Fourth round of main events. Yeah, no, I, I no. For me, I take you give me. I'll take Kershaw in the fourth, and I'm not going to have to. For me, that's just for me. I'm I'm not a Bieber guy this year. I, I I'm not. It's not not my thing. But he was good last night, and he's a good pitcher. But I I rather hold off on that risk. You look at Rodon. I I came into AL Labor sure that I was not going to take Carlos Rodon, and you know who I ended up taking? Carlos Rodon. So stupid because I don't want the risk. I don't want to spend the big money on those pitchers. I want Lance Lynn. I want Clayton Kershaw. I want Lucas Giolito. That's who I want. I want those guys. I want guys coming off of tough years. I don't want to pay for last year from pitchers because they get hurt too quick. That's my that's my estimation. Well, and you, it depends on the league. I mean, like you know, TGFBI, you can 
sometimes kind of get whatever you need. Um, but like in the, in the main event, um, you're just, you're going to have to be weak somewhere like you're, or, or weak relative to the people in your league who are strong. You know, if, if people in your league go two starters in the first three rounds, you're going to be playing catch up there. If you go three hitters in the first three rounds. So like, you can't, you know, you can't say, well, I, I need to have some safe pitching. Yeah. Um, and so I'm taking it here. And then the rest of your plan kind of goes out the window because of where you have to take that pitching. So you, you have to make a sacrifice somewhere to make the other part of the plan work. So that part makes sense to me. Um, I do like, I mean, I, I, Lucas Castillo or Luis Castillo is my preferred guy of that sort of Bieber Gaussman area. Um, mm-hmm. But um one, you know, one aspect that that I think worries people too is you. So, say you have you have your Kershaw. That's someone you've got circled. You're going to get him. He's going to be your SP two or whatever. Uh, and then you maybe you have Lucas Giolito. He's going to be your SP three. I think Snell. people get work. Snell. Snell was three. Yeah. So we went Kershaw in the seven eight. We went Kershaw Snell, and then in the ninth we went Giolito Yelich. Then we got Fairbanks at 165, which was good. And we went Renfro. And then Jamison Tyone um, is our number five. But what I was going to say is is yeah. just the uh, the kind of the run scoring environment we're in now, it seems. Does that, you know, it seems like we're back to having cheap opposite field balls leave the yard on a nightly basis. Does that change anything? Like, or does that kind of reinforce the idea that, the the hitting categories, you're going to just need way more than you did last year to be in the 80th percentile. Um, so you need the, the hitting, or does the amount of runs being scored mean you need the high end pitching more? I think you need the high end pitching more, to be honest. I actually do, um, and I feel like we we paid for some high end pitching. I like our top four of Kershaw, and it always goes back to prospect pedigree for me. Kershaw. Uh, Gossman, Kershaw, Snell, Giolito. All four of those guys were top 10 prospects when they were prospects, correct? I mean, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All four of them. So to me, it's am I betting on the right guy? And for Giolito, he's down, he dropped 40 pounds in the offseason. 40 pounds. I don't know if that's that shows, a good thing or a bad thing. That's a very good thing because what it shows is that every day that he woke up, he focused on being a better player. The same thing I was talking about earlier with Moncada. You change your body in that way. If you make a fundamental shift to how you live your life so you can be better at your job, you know what's going to probably end up happening? Is you're probably going to end up being better at your job. That's what I see in the world. If you dedicate yourself to something, that's why I'm curious what happens with me with fantasy baseball. Is my level of engagement at the same level that it's always been? It is not. What's the, how's that going to change things? Got to change things. Cause I gave everything I had to it last year and the year before and the year before. Do you Same think, th- I'm sorry, go ahead. Do you think that, uh, I meant to, I should ask this earlier, but like, do you think, um, not being on the podcast and kind of probably having fewer, you know, exposure to different opinions, do you think that maybe even helped your prep a little bit that you didn't no. have? 
No, I don't think so. No, no, I don't. I I, I do not think it helped my prep. I think having Nando and Derek with me on a weekly basis with the three of us just talking over these players helped me to crystallize things in in a much more significant way. I'm kind of flying now. But look, I mean, I've got I've got some one of the best parts about you had Timothy McLeod on your show about six weeks ago. Tim McLeod is my godfather in this business. Okay. He's the guy who I started listening to him and Rich Wilson on their podcast in 2010. That was how I started. And I sort of became friends with Tim and he taught me from very early on in this game is that the best part of this game, sure. Winning is fun and getting this is fun, but it's the friendships that you can make with people. And when you make those friendships with people, you know, there are pockets, there are groups of people. And so for me, my, my group is like Robert Mershak, Steve Gardner, Wilson Caraman, Chris Dolan, Ariel Cohen, you, Timmy McLeod, Glenn Colton, Doug Dennis, Jeff Winnick. I mean, I get to play in Zola. I get to call Zola and talk to him for 45 minutes. Ah, what the hell do you want? You know, and we get to talk the game. So I, I, I did some of it, but no, I, I, I did not have the same level. Now I'm going really more on just what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling. And we'll see. We're going to see how it plays out. I mean, maybe I'll come on at the end of the season and you'll say, boy, and you really sucked. And I'll say, yeah, I'm not that good at this game. It's possible. Well, I don't, I don't think that'll be the case at all. Uh, I think you're, we need, we need, uh, we need Trout to stay healthy. We need Kershaw to, to at least get you the 130, uh, 130 plus probably. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> which of, uh, did you want to hit on any of these other, uh, Pitcher I, targets, or do you want who, to get to the fades? Name 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 them quick, and I'll I'll say if there's any. Uh, well, we got Kenta Maeda, Jameson yeah. Tyon, You say Kikuchi? Yeah. Um, oh, Kikuchi. I was all I'm Kikuchi everywhere. Kikuchi everywhere. And if I didn't get him, I'm sad. I think somebody got him for four bucks late in AL labor. I was so mad. It's either you or Brett Sarah. I think has him. Says Brett um, Maeda everywhere. Traded for him. Picked him up. Bought him in auctions. Got him in AL labor. Um, but Tyone is the one that's most interesting because if you listen to Under the Radar, there was no bigger guy who I beat the crap out of that I disliked watching more and that I had less respect for than Jameson Tyone. And I saw something this spring training that made me say, ooh, hello. One was the new pitch that he's throwing, which I really like. But the other thing was, and again, this is like psychological stuff. This comes from my world of acting. Watching Jamison Tyone be in the Yankee dugout with Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is the boss of that pitching staff. And Tyone and Cole were together in Pittsburgh. And, and Tyone was sort of like the little brother. And that was the energy he looked like on the mound. I watched him pitch and I saw him with a fire five years and $75 million from the Chicago Cubs. And it was like, okay, you go be the horse now. Now you go be the guy. Then I saw that other pitch and I went, hey, I'm buying Tyone. Just traded for him this past weekend, the day of his start. And his start, first start, not good. Not good. First start, looked like Tyone of old. But I believe that Tyone has it in him to kind of let his natural talent shine through. So that's the, that. And, and, and he's outside of New York. That's another thing. It's like, a, it, he, man, he was the number two pick in his draft by the Pittsburgh Pirates all those years ago. He's a big hoss of a dude. He's going and we reached for him too. We, I reached, we reached. I was like, I got to get Tyone because he was doing so well in spring training that his, his number kept going up. I think we ended up getting him at like 205 or something, something like that. I, I don't remember. Some, some, somewhere in that area, 215, 225, something, somewhere around there. Um, he was a guy who I really 
I really believed in. Do you think that holds water? Do you see that? Do you do you think there's any chance time? I got him in NL labor, I mean, NL tout wars. You know, if I like a guy, I, I've got him. Do you think that's crazy? I think he's a good pick uh, in the early 200s. Um, I didn't I didn't get him anywhere, um, but I didn't have that same perspective you did on mm-hmm. his sort of leaving New York, potentially sort of freeing him up. Um, but I, I mean, you need, like, is he, he's, he's just a great SP five. If, if that's, that's what, what he, he is. is. Yeah. He's SP five. Um, Cause you can, you can pretty much start him most weeks. Um, did you, did you, I, I have, I have you say Kikuchi in a, in a few leagues and I didn't, I didn't have the stomach to, he's just, he's burned me so many times uh, yeah, the past two seasons that it's just so hard to trust him on a, nope, on a tough two start week. Um, but you know, uh, what, have do a, you have any... I had, I had the same stomach questions and it was Steve Gardner in XFL. Um, and Steve said we it was either going to go Marquez. We were going to go Marquez in LA or to, to start with Kikuchi and Steve, we were talking about Sunday night and Steve just said, Let's do Kikuchi, shall we? And I went, done. I was so happy. I was like, I don't want to be the one to say let's do Kikuchi. But the fact that you said let's do Kikuchi, let's go. You know, like that's my – so I was like, I'm all in. And then he pitched well. He pitched well. I, you know, I believe, man. I believe. I, I think people are smart. I think that when a guy comes over, and he was the first pick in every draft that year. I don't remember how good that draft was, but – Kikuchi, everyone's really excited about him. And I like foreign-born pitchers coming to America a lot. I like him a lot. And he's well, so cheap. Any... Well, and he was going, you know, for a guy with that's been as rocky as he's been, uh, he was going too late as a guy that was clearly going to be in that rotation. And um, he's at least shown strikeout upside uh he just hasn't really put it all together. For I just love the strategy. moxie on the mound, man. And I read an article today where he was talking about the, they, they were saying how the manager was saying how much everyone's pulling for him and how you don't get to see Kikuchi in the, in the clubhouse. You don't see him on the plane. You don't realize what a good guy he is and how everyone I get. That's what I'm looking for. Guys, when a guy hits a home run, the last thing I want to see is a freaking replay. All I want to see is I want to watch that guy go through his dugout and high five his teammates and watch how he reacts with his teammates. Cause that tells me everything. Tyler O'Neill is not a guy that I like. I've been on record about that. <laughs> right. And then we see what happened yesterday with, uh, with Tyler O'Neill. That's why I don't like him. That stuff matters over 162 games. That's what you say about Yasiel Puig. Remember I would say no out. Why? Cause he's going to start a fight with the entire Pittsburgh pirates team one day. Which he did, or was it the Cardinals? I don't remember. He was playing for the Pirates. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any? Uh, like, so you, you listed Shintaro Fujinami as as one of your guys. Is is this a uh, keep him on the bench? Yes. See if he can put it together, type of thing. Did, where, where did I mention him as as one? Oh yeah. So I was trying to put in all the guys that also kind of blew up too, right? Um, yeah, Fujinami. That's good stuff. The guy's got stuff, man. Watching that ball dive. Uh, he, he bit me in two places last week. So he, yeah, I didn't want to just put so, in like, go ahead. Well, yeah. But so the funny thing about Fujinami is, uh, he, he like breaks, Eno's stuff plus model. Um, 
and he was pushing for him to take him in Devil's Rejects, and I was just like, I don't think he's got starter command just based on what he what he was doing over there. Um, so one way, it, it seems like the stuff is really good. The command and the we first took time, him. I was, took him. Wilson yeah, and I took yeah, him. Yeah, no, I we took Fujinami. Yeah. Um, in Devils, I took him in DL one too. Um, we were gonna take him in XFL until he gave up eight runs and ending in a third. You know, it's one of those things where you just gotta. Do you have the stomach for it? No, you gotta. You know, as one person asked me, like, how long is it gonna be until you trust him again? Five starts. <laughs> Five starts for me. It'll, I, I'm not going to trust him again because I, I really loved watching him pitch. And I was like, Hey, maybe they've turned him around. They figured it out, but not based on what we saw. No, it was really, really bad. One more thing. I, I got into a fun fight with Wilson Caraman this week where I basically said, um, can we stop saying that Juan Soto is Ted Williams now, please, please. He's like, well, you know, Ted Williams. I mean, I was like, no, 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 no. Ted Williams never hit 242. Nope. Never did. Never. And then I went and he was like, well, you know, I said five. Soto's got to put up five more Ted Williams seasons now for me for that conversation to start up again. He's not Ted Williams. He's great. He's great. But he's not Ted Williams. So Ted Ted Williams hit 261. He did one year when he was 40. And then when he was 41, he came back and hit 316 and then he retired. No 244. Sorry. I hate Ted take a shot <laughs> so um just quickly on your fades um the the two that i you know you had a, a list of you know corbin burns ryan helsley bogarts tati Alonzo, cruz uh eloy the two that and that was before eloy was hurt right right but it was because um, eloy was gonna get right. hurt yeah the the reason to fade eloy is, is yeah Pretty obvious I, at this point. I bought. But, I I got eaten by his shoulder last year, and that was it for me. Sorry, go ahead. So the the two guys that I that I have a decent amount of exposure to who are on your fade list are Bieber, who we touched on, and then uh, Adley Rutschman, who yeah. was also on your fade list. So absolutely, uh, let's, let's totally the... on my fade list. Do not draft Adley Rutschman. Oh, is what too late I, for me. Yeah, no, no, no. You you then he went five for five with a home run on opening day. No, my, my thing about Rutschman was I just didn't like where he was going. I didn't I wanted catchers late. I just like right. the late you always catchers. do. Yeah. I, you always I just do. I, yeah. I I can buy Jonah. Give me Jonah Heim and Christian Vasquez for four dollars and six dollars, and you can keep your twenty-two dollar Sal Perez. I mean, that's just my way of when especially this year. I just I was like, I like Francisco Mejia for two bucks. I I, I like one of my hits was Mike Zanino. I am huge on Zanino this year. I was didn't and I hardly got him anywhere, which was terribly sad. Um, Rutschman is awesome, but I was fading him. Yeah, and then yeah, I was fading him. Well, I just wanted to make sure. Okay, that that makes way more sense. Um, the just kind of the positional and the price. That's um, why because I do just, I do recall that you you've always sort of we've been sort of on opposite ends the past couple of years in terms of paying for catching. So that makes. Sense. That's I the only reason. I mean, I, I, we have. I also have Rutschman in XFL. I don't like second-year players that come up. Like Michael Harris faded him. Corbin Carroll faded him. Unfortunately, you know how much I love Corbin Carroll. Um, Gunnar Henderson did not get near him. So guys who I want to I, I, give me your give them to me in your third year. That's just my that's my way. So 
I, you know, I was writing down the fades. Like another guy I was fading terribly was Xander Bogarts. And look what he's doing. I mean, I just wanted to be real about it. Like I couldn't just oh, be yeah. like, well, oh, look, nailed them all. There's no, there's so many false positives and false negatives in these first few weeks of just, you know, you think you have it made, you've, you've made the perfect pick. You've got the right guy on all your teams. And then just a week later, it could be the exact opposite. So, yeah, everyone um, needs to. McLeod always says, and he says it beautifully: "This is a marathon, not a sprint." And you really will feel it, man. I mean, we're just what are we a weekend? Not even, not even six days in. Yeah. So, so this is this will be the seventh day. Yeah. So we're we're everybody's good. Everybody's good. Everybody enjoy. Everybody just have fun. It's fun. It's fun. You're not gonna you know you're not gonna make two hundred thousand dollars. One guy, one woman will. One guy will. But other than that, it's really for the joy of the game. And like I said, the, the feeling of blackjack is like, oh, my God. I like watching my pitchers. Don't give it up. Watching Kyle Finnegan last night. Oh, yeah, my God. We got him in the 19th round. I was feeling so good, James. It was like 19th round. We just set the low on or the high or the low. I don't know what, what you said. Well, and, uh, killed us last night. Is that, that, uh, that going to end up being a good thing for my guy Hunter Harvey? I think it is going to end up being a good thing for your guy, Carl Edwards. No. Maybe. Come on, man. Think back to the days. No way. Hunter Harvey. Hunter Harvey over Carl Edwards. Okay. I'm going down with that. Okay. Um, what, do, what do we got to hit on um, before we say goodbye? Do you want to give a state of uh, fantasy industry or anything like that? State of the fantasy industry is good. I was at the Tout Wars event. I brought my wife. She was like, look at all these lovely people. Everyone's so nice. I think I, I think the one thing I would say is let's all be kind to each other. It's just a game. It's just a fun game. Let's just have a good time. And anytime we start to... It, the same thing I was talking about with reaction versus response with baseball players. Same thing in life. If we are in a state of reaction in our lives, we're going to be unhappy. Hard to stay happy when you're in a state of reaction. And here I am. I would. I don't know why I'm saying this. It's a very wise man that I I watch, and he was uh, the guy's name is Sadguru. S a d g u r u. Indian guy, long beard. I, I I like him a lot. He's not a guru to me, but I like him. And he was talking about something about getting back at somebody. This is what he said. He said, um, the moment. And I'm not going to do an impression of him because that would be disrespectful. Sorry, Ariel. You like Ariel likes the impression, so we're good. He said that whenever you're in a situation where someone does something that hurts you, you want to get back at them badly. And the moment that you do it, it feels so good. And it even feels good the next day. But the day after that is very problematic because then you have to deal with the repercussions of what you've done. So how, and, uh, you know, from the TV show, uh, Turn Washington Spies, which is uh, a number of years now, I was talking to one of my co-stars and and I said something to him about a situation he was dealing with. And I said, submission is power, which sounds counterintuitive. Like, what does that mean? I mean, submission is not power. Submission is the opposite of power. But if we can go through our lives, not in a state of reaction to people and getting angry at people or getting frustrated with people and answering on Twitter and doing things like that. Then we hold the power within ourselves. 
And that's the best way to go. And I think largely, I would say that the fantasy industry, largely we all do okay with it. The industry guys, the the quote industry guys, the quote NFBC guys, overall, overall, everyone has, has respect for each other. I would encourage that. I think that that's very positive. I've learned a lot from playing with the NFBC guys, from listening to the NFBC guys, um, a ton. And I've learned a lot from the industry guys. We're all getting to play the same silly game and we all enjoy it. And sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. So let's just enjoy the season. It's going to be a fun year ahead. And I get to, you know, uh, I'm grateful to you and to Rotowire. You guys gave me my start. So grateful that I get to come back on the show with you and, uh, and, and, and talk the game with you, buddy. And think how, just think how lucky we are that we get to, to do all this, you know, um, like can't imagine a more sort of out there pastime than just being super into fantasy baseball 12 months a year, but it's uh, a, <laughs> it's a great distraction. It's a great way to, to meet people, as you were saying with, yeah. with Tim and uh, just a lot of great friendships that I'll always treasure, including yours. And um, I mean, it's just a really, it's a really lucky thing that we get to just have this as something that can distract us from, from other stuff going on. So yeah, some of the more challenging uh, realities of the world. And, and then we get to see, did he get through six? Not for a quality start, but you know, here we go. Let's go. Let's go. F yeah. That's my big, that's my big line. F yeah. Like Jorge Soler hits another home run and a labor and it'll tout, not labor. F yeah. $4 or Hey, you know, well that, that Jorge Soler, that Jorge Soler home run was, uh, well, he had two today. The two three run one, the three run run was, was absolutely fantastic for all of my leagues, except AL labor where I just picked up Caleb Thielbar to plug as <laughs> a reliever this week. <laughs> hey, listen, we could talk because I have Whitlock coming back. I have Garrett Whitlock coming back. I have Carlos Rodon coming back. I picked up Johnny Brito right the night before the season when he was announced as the starter. I'm going to need to, and, and I traded for Matt Boyd with, uh, with Jason Collette. Collette and I did our, our beginning of the season trade. So I have some extra pitching and I could use a bat because I actually think Chaz McCormick is going to take that job. Um, although I have, oh God, what's his name in the lineup this week from Tampa Bay. I can't, I'm getting him confused with the guy from St. Louis. He's the backup um, middle infielder for Tampa Bay. Great glove. Taylor Taylor, yeah, Walls. Taylor Walls. I suppose Taylor Motter. I get Motter. Taylor, and he's he's playing. So I'm, but I, I, I would like to fill that spot a little bit better. That utility well, spot. Well, I, I don't know if I have anything to trade because I, it's it's literally been uh, adding insult to injury for me because I had <laughs> Sorry, uh, I had Altuve and Robbie yeah. Ray, my most expensive pitcher, my most expensive hitter, and then uh, insult. Uh, Oswald <laughs> Peraza and Akil Badu are opening the year at AAA, so All right. um, I can okay. take the blame for those two. But uh, I just am so I'm so decimated kind of across the board that I don't I don't know if I have. Just, just you keep know, if the. I, if, I, if I plug one hole, I'll, I'll open another hole up. Yeah, so. just keep the boat. Just keep the boat steady as much as you <laughs> possibly can, and then the guys, the guys will come back. That's how. I, that's how we play the game, especially yeah. in the only leagues. Yeah. Just try to keep it steady. Try to keep in the ballpark. You only need sixty points to be in the middle. Try to stay around <laughs> I'm, sixty. I'm gonna get. I gotta get to the middle. I'm gonna get hang to the in middle. the middle, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, lick my wounds and. It's hey, look, man. Year. That's the that's the thing. Is not only is it fun. 
but it teaches you stuff because you got to be humbled. You're going to be humbled in this game. It's just like baseball. Oh, yeah. You're going to be humbled. I'm going to be humbled. I'm going to get my butt kicked in a league this year. There's going to be a league where I just go. No, like last year, TGFPI could not. And I've always done well in that league. We finished, Rob and I finished like ninth. And it was like, what? I think it was like eight. I don't know, something like that. But we just couldn't make it work. And we, we would look at the team and be like, this team is good. Why is this not working? And it's just like, doesn't work. It's like we, it was just, the boat isn't built properly. And so the boat is going to sink. And so that happens. That happens. Yeah, so. and no matter no matter what you got right or what you got wrong so far, like everyone's everyone's hurting somewhere. Everyone's yeah. got some preseason call that's looking terrible, and um, so just you know, don't lose don't lose sleep over things like that. And and early enjoy the games, man. Yeah. enjoy it and call your friends. And when 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 things go wrong, like Michael Kopech, I was high on Kopech coming into this year. Michael Kopech just ate me alive. I think it was Monday. In ale labor really hurt me because the pitching has been good. My pitching has been good. And I'm like, oh, man. So you just got to lick your wounds and keep moving forward. That's what it is. That's the game. And then you then you get the you get the Johnny Brito the next day. And, or I think that was last week. But whatever it is, it's just like you get the ups and the downs and you don't have to lose your house because you're playing blackjack. <laughs> you know, because it's that thrill, right? It's about the thrill. And it's like, hey, I've just I've just bet one hundred thousand dollars and I won. Oh, my God, it feels amazing. I just had Jorge Soler hit a home run. Oh, my God, it feels amazing. Same thing. Same thing. But I can keep my house. So that's good. All right, man. This has been a ton of fun. I've kept you a little too long, but uh, really appreciate you stopping by again. And uh, I know Same that buddy. this is a, a rare, rare occurrence for you to, to hop back on and talk fancy baseball. But uh, we'll have you, we'll have you anytime. Um, this has been the Roadwire Fancy Baseball Podcast uh, for Ian Khan. I'm James Anderson, and I'll be back uh, next week. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs>